Welcome to the I'm in my 20s podcast, the podcast that empowers you to make the best of your 20s through candid, insightful, and inspiring conversations. My name is Meg, and let's get started. These obstacles are just tests. They're just tests. And, and your mental energy needs to be stronger than your physical energy. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 48, the last episode to a very inconsistent season. So thank you guys so much for sticking through with me and me juggling the billions of things that life is balancing, but still wanting to do this podcast. And so here we are, episode 48, where I share a really great conversation I had with a very good friend of mine that I met this year named Mackenzie. Now, Mackenzie used to work at Google as a designer, but now he is self-employed as a startup founder. And you're going to hear all about his story in this episode. And we also talk about many things such as the power of association, systematic and design thinking and its application solving real world problems, the power of conviction, uncertainty, self-drive, curiosity, decision making, and all this good stuff. So strap in for some good content. I don't know why I said strap in. That was kind of cringe, but thank you guys for being here and let's get started with this episode. You're natural. <laughs> this is way more chill than an interview. Nobody's evaluating you. Yo, and also because usually, like, I, I would, I would like have a beer before, but I was like, yo, like, I'm trying to do like a week without alcohol. <laughs> Congrats! I just had alcohol 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yo, but it's an achievement because I drink every day usually. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm excited to have a really good friend joining me in this conversation. His name is Mackenzie. So welcome to the podcast, Mac. Can you give an introduction of who you are and a bit of what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you, Meg, for inviting me. So I'm Mackenzie, and what I do is that uh, back in university, I co-founded a startup called NodeApp. And what it does is that it connects uh, content creators and influencers with brands. So let's say you're a brand um, like let's say like you're an e-commerce brand um, and you want to promote a product or you need content for social media, what you can do is go on our, on our web app and just create a brief that will get distributed to like, I don't know, a network of like thousands of creators and you'll, you'll be able to, to get your content and get your social media engagement. So that's pretty much what I've been doing for full time for the past year. Wow. And then, uh, yeah. And then I've done also like multiple internships like i worked in consulting uh i worked at google as UX designer and I've that's done a, a flex bunch of, <laughs> <laughs> i've done a bunch of other stuff but yeah <laughs> mr x google co-founder of a startup app mckenzie <laughs> we should yeah. talk about how we met because it's a pretty interesting story so this was like earlier this year and if you've been following my podcast for like this year then you remember the episode where i was talking about job hunts and i was going through a lot of interviews and applying for stuff so that's actually how i met mckenzie because i was applying to work for his company so do you want to continue the story <laughs> Yeah, so I remember like it was like a Saturday and like I, I have like weird sleeping schedules. So I was sleeping at like 2 p.m. And, <laughs> and what happened is that I was going to sleep and then all I get is like a LinkedIn notification. So then I took my phone and I'm like, wait, who's messaging? And then I saw that someone was messaging. I'm like, oh, wait, like like this person's looking for a job. And like we were looking for a content creator at the time. And like, to be honest, like I usually get like a lot of these messages and usually what I do is that I just go on people's like LinkedIn profile and I, and I look mm. at their, their profile and pretty much what I did is that I like, I was half awake, like I look at my phone 
like I typed the profile and I'm like, oh wait, she has a website. And I look at the website, and I'm like, oh wait, she's legit. <laughs> and then and then and then I and then I and then I screenshotted that, sent that to my co-founder, my co-founder was down to interview her and then that, that, that's how that's how that whole thing happened <laughs> yeah dude what, what a serendipitous thing man like i just saw the job posting for your company for content creator and i decided to shoot you a message because to be honest i stopped both you and your co-founder but for some reason you look like the friendlier guy so i was like you know i'm gonna send the message to Mackenzie and see what happens that's um, funny yeah but you didn't end up hiring for the role but we became really good friends so i'm glad that came out of that and yeah, then you came to enough. vancouver and then we went on some fun hikes and canceled yeah. hikes too <laughs> <laughs> next time next time, <laughs> next time. okay well you have had a very like unconventional story like not taking the path of staying at Google, for example, or doing a nine to five job. I'd love to hear, or I mean, I already know, but our listeners would be curious about like, why did you decide to take an unconventional path and decide to be a co-founder of an app and do this full time instead of having a cushy job that pays you well? That's actually a very good question. Um, so I think that the unconventional lifestyle, like it started before that, um, well, the way I live right now is actually an outcome of a lot of things. So um, it all started when I was uh, back in high school. When I was in high school, like I just for context, like I, I'm from Quebec. So like I'm from Montreal mm. and like I was born and raised like French. And pretty much what happened was that when I was in Quebec, um, like my English was terrible. Like I was feeling English and like I was like, to be honest, I, I didn't think at the time that I would ever speak in English. Uh, that's, mm. that's how bad it was. And then I was also like this really like conservative French kid, like, oh, like uh, Anglophones are dumb and all of that. <laughs> and then, yeah, a lot of people in Quebec are like that. But re regardless, so um, the, what happened was that my dad wanted to study in an, like an English CJEP. So in Quebec, you do high school until grade 10 and grade 11. And um, in grade 12 and grade 13, you do that in an other school. And my dad wanted me to study at this, you know, other school in, in English. Mm -hmm. And pretty much what happened was that I told my friend as a joke that I was going to study at that school. And they started laughing at me, telling me <laughs> that I would never be able to do it. Um, and yeah, and it was pretty mean th in hindsight. Um, and yeah. then I was like, and then I was like, no, like, I'll, like, I'll, I'll prove all of you guys wrong. And, and fast forward, what ended up happening was that I applied for the school, got in, um, and then I had to learn English from there. And I would say that like, that's the first time that I took like this unconventional path. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the learning curve to like learn English was like pretty steep because I pretty much started from zero and I was like 17. Um, wow. And then, yeah. And then to be honest, after that, um, I, I never really considered if something was conventional or not conventional. Um, I would always just, go with what I deeply believe in is right for me and uh, go at it with conviction. So for example, like your question is like, oh, like what, what had you like take this very unconventional path for me? Mm -hmm. It was not really, I, for me, I don't, I don't see it as conventional or, or unconventional. I see mm -hmm. it as like, I did what was the best for me with the information that I had in the context that I was in. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I don't regret anything. <laughs> wow. Damn. And there were a lot of unconventional pieces that, uh, that led to Google, for example, mm -hmm. like when I, when I left my, so I was, so yeah. So when I was in university, I went to Waterloo, 
which was also unconventional because everyone in my school, in my CJET, they all went to universities in, um, in uh, what's it called, in, in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time in Quebec, you can go directly to law school. And then when I, and I had the grades to go, but then when my, when I told my uncle, you, I'm not going to go to gra- to law school, I'm going to go to do for, to Waterloo study accounting. It was just like, well, you could have like a, such a great path, you know, like become mm-hmm. a lawyer and all of that. And then, uh, but yeah, anyhow, anyhow, um, yeah, like the unconventional path has been, the unconventional aspect of things has been something very recurring around my life. And I've just mm-hmm. been living that way for, mm-hmm. for, for years since I was I think, 17, I would say. Dang, that's really cool. I think that's really cool how you don't even define it in terms of conventional or unconventional. Like you don't consider what people would define that as, right? Because that kind of label is more of like, oh, what society puts on, oh, this is conventional and this is unconventional, but you're going by more of your decision criteria and what feels right for you. So I think that takes a lot of courage, but I was wondering just something that popped in my head is do you ever get anxious about like oh what are people thinking of me because i'm taking such an unconventional path like are people judging me and how do you overcome that if that's something that you feel uh not really <laughs> i don't i don't really um i i don't i don't really um abide by by dogma i would say i um and i would say the reason why it's because um and i would say like, and, and i'm gonna go back to when i was 17 years old mm-hmm. um what ended up happening was that I was writing my decision learning English was probably the best thing I've ever done in my life. And all of the people back then that were against me, like, you know, pursuing that, uh, I mean, right now they're not doing much for their life, uh, not to be mean, but, um, but yeah, like, so, so ever since that time I was like, so like back then, like in hindsight, I was like, yo, like, I was contrarian in my decision, but I was mm-hmm. right. So mm-hmm. everything that culture thought my destiny should have been is irrelevant because I was mm-hmm. right. Right. And how did you know that it was the right decision now? And how long did it take you to figure out that it was the right choice? Oh, oh my God. So it took, so that specific decision, um, I would say it took maybe. I don't know, a year or so to, mm-hmm. to understand. So I would say that like when I started school, so the first semester, um, I went to that English school. Um, it was, it was very hard. It was, it was very hard. And like during the process I started to you know, to like doubt at myself. But the thing is that I, there was other people who spoke better English than me that followed my path. And these people, they act, they actually failed their first hmm. semester and I succeeded. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, and then and then thing that and then the second semester that I was at that school, like I started, I, I met friends who only spoke English. We became mm-hmm. super close. They taught me a lot of things, and then I started hanging out with like better people. And then that's when I developed that circle of friends that were they were all like they were all like very good people. Like when I developed mm-hmm. that circle of friends, that's when I realized that I made the right dish. I actually made the best decision that that I could have mm-hmm. done. Like it's. It was, yeah. So I would say that, I would say maybe like winter 20, 2014, like I, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I made the best decision. I made all of, I met all of these people that are mm-hmm. outstanding and that I talk till this day, actually. Wow. And I would never have met these people if, um, if it wasn't for me trying to learn English. <laughs>
and uh, right now the yeah right now yeah everything everything's good now and then these mm. people they pushed me in my path they supported me they learned they taught me so much and a lot of the time like and they made me who i am today more than my university friends in all honesty mm. Wow, I think yeah. the people that you end up being surrounded by when you choose a certain path are very indicative of the type of path that you chose, right? Because you, the type of person that you are, kind of determines like what type of people you end up like attracting into your life in a way. Yeah. So the fact that you feel secure and like you feel positively pushed by these people and you enjoy their company and that they're still like in touch and you're growing with them is such a good sign because I think that. I didn't. I also didn't feel this until I went to my dream program at UBC. I think you know, like UBC cool. Sauter. Like it was actually my first choice, and I really liked it. And but before that, I never really felt like I was positively challenged by most of my friends in my life through elementary and high school, and didn't really feel like there was a place where I could kind of reach my full potential and not feel kind of confined in the things that other people were doing or saying or judging, like even yeah. subconsciously. So that definitely makes a huge difference for sure. So. 100%, 100%. It's more like uh, you're the average of the five people you hang out the most with. Yeah, exactly. Like of attraction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like how do you think, like you say the people you hang out with are like high quality, but what types of qualities about them do you think make them high quality people to be around? Uh, I would say it's contextual to where you are in your life. So um, the friend that I made back in CJEB that influenced me the most, I, I'll actually say his name. His name is uh, Kareem Fedzani. Um, mm. He, it, 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 it was interesting because back then I was also like very ambitious and like he was also super ambitious. And back then, like he, he was involved in like a lot of like student organizations. Like he was involved in like the Muslim Student Association, the Student Radio, Model of the United Nations, mm, and like a, and a lot of other stuff, right? And yeah. he was like also like a, a little bit like very popular at the school. Mm -hmm. And then me on my end, I was um, I was. Okay, I was uh, back then. I was doing like um, I was really involved into politics. Mm -hmm. So I was like, um, I was what was my title again? There was like some VP of uh, youth at the Liberal Party or something like that. Um, wow, cool. Just, just okay. Just like this, like full disclaimer. Like my political views kind of changed ever since that time. But mm -hmm. um, that's another story for maybe in a, another podcast. But mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, pretty much I was really, I was deeply like involved in that. Like I was helping with like rallies and campaigns. Like I was shadowing politicians. Like I was very, you know, like I was very hands-on. Mm -hmm. um, and then pretty much what happened is that we became friends. Um, and then I was like, yo, come come to a rally. Like, and, and he's like, oh wait, you're involved with that party? I'm like, yeah, come. And then he decided to come and then he loved it. And then he's, and then ever since that time, like we became like super, super close friends. Mm -hmm. And back then I really wanted to go to law school. And then he's like, yo, my dad is a lawyer. I can tell you what he does, like what he does. And then he told me what his dad does. And I'm like, oh, like it kind of sounds boring to be a lawyer. <laughs> like how, how, how like, and he, he kind of discouraged me to go into law school. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. He discouraged me to go to law He, cause he was like, look, that's where you're going to stay. That's where you're going to read. And that's mm. where you're going to do at work. And I was like, oh, that, that kind of sounds boring. Like I'll, I'll rather do something else. And then at the time I was very into business. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a lot of business. And then, yeah. And then because of that, I was like, oh, wait, so I'm going to start reading a lot of business books. So mm-hmm. then, because he was reading law books before law school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then because of that, I started reading a lot of uh, business books. Um, and I started to be involved more in student organizations. And then we just became like inseparable. So like in mm-hmm. that specific context, he was the best person Kareem was the best person that I could have ever met. And like, shout it was out. also, <laughs> shout out to Kareem. And like, yeah. it was, it was, it was very mutual. And I think that like, and that was before my twenties. Um, mm. But, but yeah. And I, I think that like, like, just like, you know, like meeting someone like him um, kind of got me to, you know, like be a bit more ambitious with my goals. Um yeah, really be more ambitious and mm-hmm. yeah, really be more ambitious and like believe in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's amazing. But, yeah, there, were, there were some, there were other people along the way, but I would say that that mm-hmm. was the first time that I've encountered that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, shout out to Kareem, man. Like, I think <laughs> we all need that person in our lives who doesn't give us like that sugar coated, like, oh yeah, you know, go for what you want. I'll always support you, but kind of gives you the real stuff, right? Like, he was honest yeah, with you, yeah. like, hey, Mackenzie, this is what it's like. This is what I know, you know? And then yeah. that caused you to really reevaluate things. Were there any other really kind of pivotal moments in your life that kind of led you to where you are now? Yeah, but when you come to Montreal, okay, like I can introduce you to Kareem. Yeah, I'd love to. It's very, very busy now, but yeah. we're all busy. But um, pivotal moment in my life. Um, I'll just focus in the 20s because we focused a lot of like pre-20s. Pre- yeah. um, I would say it's like when I when I started learning design, um, I think that was the, the pivotal moment in my life. And I would say that like, in that process, the pivotal moment was, um, so so when I went to Waterloo, I spent one year in like accounting and finance, studying business. Um, family was proud of me. Oh, he's gonna become an accountant. He gets into <laughs> big four and all of that. And then when I left, my uncle was, uh, what? You had this path set up for you and you just rejected again. I'm like, yeah, it just sounds a little bit boring, but. <laughs> But yeah, um, what happened? What happened was that uh, after that, like for like a semester, I was like a little bit lost uh, mm-hmm. in life, and like I was, I think that I was just not really focused. Like my mind was just racing to anything that I could find, mm-hmm. and uh, um, yeah. And at the time, yeah, at the time, I was just working on projects with my friends, and that was the only thing that I knew I enjoyed doing. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then. At some point, when my friend was like, "Oh, like you should, you should do design because instead of like you know just doing the business stuff on the side, you can you should like come work with us and like hmm. you know like work on cool stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, but I don't really want to do design though. I just want to like do the <laughs> business thing and like do the leadership and like fast forward. What happened was that one of my friends sent me um, this video on actually there was two videos. There was one video on design thinking." pretty mm-hmm. much the a buzzword, but it's pretty much a fancy way of saying the design process um, mm-hmm. or like the problem solving process of design. And he sent me this other video. Um, it was called like a venture design. So like how to use design to create businesses. Mm-hmm. And when, and before I was like very, very business focused. And when I got exposed to that, to that, to these ideas, I would say, um, for me, that that was that was life changing because I was like, wait a mm. minute, I can use that process to see problems, like generate mm. ideas according to the problem, right. and 
mm. make these ideas all by myself. This is mm. crazy. Damn. <laughs> this is crazy. I was like, wait, what? This is crazy. So that means that I can go from zero to a concept, show it to people, get people to help me build it. And, and yeah. And, and <laughs> if you, and if you look, and if you look at what I do today, I, I actually do just that. But the only difference between um, that time and right now is that right now I get paid. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but what I do hasn't changed in like four years. <laughs> I just four get paid. years. Oh my gosh. It sounds like when you discovered that, you were like, I, this is like a whole, you just unlocked Pandora's box, you know? Like this thing exists all along. <laughs> and, and, and now you're like just, in love uh, with it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, talking about a conventional path again, um, if you ask most people who got into design, they will all tell you, oh, I got into design because, you know, I was, I enjoyed being creative or like mm -hmm. I wanted to, I had visual skills. I got yeah. into design because I very enjoyed the process of solving problems and mm -hmm. because I wanted to do businesses right because <laughs> i wanted to just start here often because when people think design yeah. they don't think solving problems right they think yeah. being creative at least like from someone who doesn't know much about design like me personally i don't know much about <laughs> design product design it's ux funny. design i don't know but there's like systematic stuff behind it so you've been doing that for four years and do you still feel that passion for it just the same has it like grown i would say that um it's funny. It went from early on, it was like deep, deep passion. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, like I could spend an entire day doing design. I wouldn't see time pass. I would miss classes. I wouldn't eat. <laughs> like I was very upset, obsessed. Then mm -hmm. I would say that like it slightly increased. And then at some point it just decreased a little bit. And then, mm. but I think that right now it's actually the best it's ever yeah? been. Yeah, I, I, I deeply, because right now I increase the scope of what I do. And that's the reason right. why I do startup. Because mm. the, the, like in the past, it was, I was very met, I was very into the problem solving aspect of it. Then mm -hmm. the more, uh, the more I progressed, the more I started to go into the crowd. So like the making of artifacts. So like, that's a fancy way of saying UIs and user <laughs> interfaces mm -hmm. um, and like illustrations and all that stuff. Right. And then, and then at some point I was like, wait, I don't, I don't actually like, I don't actually enjoy doing illustrations. I just like hmm. the problem solving aspect and the craft of making a UI. Right. Um, and then, and at some point I just, you know, like practice, practice, <clears throat> practice. But then I thought that when I got the hang of it and when I understood how to design mm -hmm. my, like my passion just like increased a bit even more because I was actually able to become creative in mm -hmm. my problem solving um in my in my problem solving initiative and when mm -hmm. um and when for example like i designed for node i treat design not just as uh designing products even though i i do that a lot yeah. um i also treated it as in like solving like any types of problems so like it can mm -hmm. be marketing problems it could be um fundraising problem hr pro like any type of problem i use the mm. same process every I, would, I wouldn't say every time but i would say i use the same system every time different process mm -hmm. different times um mm. to solve to solve this to solve like these problems and it's been it's been going good it's been, wow. it's been great I've been pretty happy <laughs>
<laughs> I'm learning a lot about like design right now. It almost sounds like it's like a formula or even like a new language that you can use and apply to a lot of different things in life. Not just like visual design, which is like the first thought, but also like conceptual problem solving, right? A hundred percent. That that's yeah. That's what, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and like and like also like when you let's say like you look at the way like Elon Musk talks in the interviews or like how he thinks like you, mm-hmm. like you go back to like first principle systems thinking strategic force like you go back to these very very meta um like concepts like you'll see mm-hmm. that like a lot of like these like a lot of the people that like you might be that i guess culture admires think that way mm-hmm. um and when you discover that it, it's just powerful Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I've yet to unlock that man, <laughs> or maybe I have and I just didn't know. <laughs> like, I don't no, know. I gotta it, it just, talk to you about practice. this more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. just practice. Oh, that's really cool and that's awesome. Now, what kind of advice like would you tell your younger self? Do you think like if you were to talk to yourself from like you know when you were twenty years old? <laughs> oh man. Uh, in all honesty like a lot of the time like people will be like people will be asking oh like what do you regret in life and i'm just mm-hmm. like i don't regret anything i think i've done like i if i there was nothing i would do differently but if mm-hmm. i were to if i were to go back to my 20 year old self so um i would just oh you know what actually uh, i would just tell him look mackenzie 20 year old <laughs> if if you if you're on a path and you're working really hard and you think that like you're going to hell because you know about like how hard you're working like you know your mental health is breaking like you you think you're 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 gonna die at a, I would say at a conceptual level mm. um, double down don't give up um really? don't 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 never give up um actually if you mm. think you're if you think you're going to hell double down um <laughs> because, yeah and and the reason why it's because um there's always a light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. and uh, these obstacles are just tests they're just right. tests and and your mental energy needs to be stronger than your physical energy oh for sure because because the thing is that a lot of the time your 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 mental is going to tell you to wait actually i think it's the opposite your physical energy is stronger than your mental energy a lot of the times mm-hmm. so what would happen so what what happens is a lot of time like you think you're going to your limit and your mental is going to tell you to stop yeah. but your body can still keep going so it's a mental game it's not like a like a like a body game so mm-hmm. that means that like you so that means that like you need to rewire your mind so that you just keep going harder mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so so yeah so so i would say that the the advice is more so like if you think you're going to hell like double down um don't give up <clears throat> because at the end of the hell at the end of the depression at the end of the of i guess of the of the path of the i guess of the rain of the darkness there's mm-hmm. lights and that's where a lot of time that you're going to find a pot of gold and mm-hmm. and that pot of gold is going to make up for all of the stuff that that you've done to yourself in the past um it's a little bit of a contrarian advice but that's that's just how personally i've been operating for 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 forever actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's like even when i when i got for example like just by google like 
before Google, like it was complete darkness. Like I was like burnt wow. out, depressed, broken, like emotionally unstable. Like mm-hmm. I was like I was smoking a lot at, at like at the time mm-hmm. to like I was like like I was I was at a point where I was like I was like I was like very exhausted. Mm. Um and then when I got it uh like the feeling that it gave me actually when I was at the orientation mm-hmm. um was just prideless and it was worth everything that I've done to myself in the, the past. orientation at, at Google when you got yeah, it where did mm-hmm. it give you like the hat that spins um like <laughs> oh, <that's so> <laughs> yeah. the classic like <laughs> propeller hat <laughs> yeah I have it, I have it oh here but it's a podcast so I cannot even show no it no one but, can see it <laughs> yeah oh wait oh okay oh I'll switch yeah, to show me later. <laughs> yeah but, but yeah like uh like when I when I got to the orientation I was like yo this shit is worth all of the stuff that I had to go through in the past. Every it was worth everything. Like right. it was worth all of the obstacles, the mental breakdown, the mental health. It was worth everything. So then mm-hmm. if I let's say if I see like a 20-year-old like that is struggling, I'll just be like, mm-hmm. you know, like you can probably you're probably you're probably broke right now. You're probably working. <laughs> you're probably not even able to pay rent. I was not able to pay rent at the time, Oof. but that's another story. Um, you probably don't have parents to give you the money that you need to pay rent. So yeah, you're probably going through a lot of mental stress. But mm-hmm. double down. Don't give up. Like mm-hmm. and have and have full conviction. Mm-hmm. So 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 that's two things. So conviction and doubling down when things are, are, are when all the odds are against you pretty much mm-hmm. yeah yo much, i gotta it, it i gotta say five minutes give me five yeah. minutes but pretty much yeah don't give up don't give yo, up <laughs> i gotta say one word in reaction to this Sheesh! <laughs> yeah don't give oh up oh my goodness i do have a question about the don't give up advice though because one thing is knowing when like to not give up, which takes a lot of resilience and courage. But another thing is knowing when to quit. So what's the breaking point? How do you know when to keep pushing versus when to quit? That's a good question. I, I, don't, I don't have a clear answer. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that, okay, so I think that quitting for me is an outcome of not having enough conviction in something. Mm-hmm. So quitting... Yeah, to be honest, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a good answer. Um, That's okay. I would say, I would say that when it comes to quitting, it, I, I think that it's okay. I'll give you an example. For me, mm-hmm. if I quit, it needs to be because of myself and not because of culture, or I guess mm-hmm. not because of you know other people telling me to quit. Yes. Um, Quitting should be a personal decision and it shouldn't take into account external variables. Um, I personally barely quit unless I personally, for me, lost conviction in something. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's, there's always a way to make it work. Yes. Amen. Yeah. That is, Amen. <laughs> I was like searching for an answer, but I think you like just nailed it because that makes a lot of sense to me too. It's yeah, about it's really about conviction. 
yeah it's about conviction and like knowing what you're working towards and is it for you or is it for somebody else and if it's like for somebody else's perception of you then is that really worth it right versus what you really want yeah good stuff yeah that's really good thank you so much for that advice um (laughs) how do you deal with uncertainty then you know you live quite spontaneously through all the different things you've done in your life. And now even with the city, right? Like you're jumping around different cities, don't know where you're gonna be in a couple months. So how do you deal with spontaneous spontaneity? And are you comfortable with uncertainty at this point in your life? And do you have advice for people who are very scared of uncertainty and want to plan everything out? Here again, uncertainty doesn't exist. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I really, I don't know. I, I see it in terms of probability. I don't see it in terms of like an mm. uncertainty. That you know, see, he's a it. systems thinker right here. <laughs> no, but it's like, it's, it's, I'll, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you a thing and, that, and that's very going meta. It's like, it's like, it's like, um, I, it's funny. I was saying that to my friend. It's, um, nothing is black or white, but great as in define. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, and that's the same thing with uncertainty because if you if you if you think uncertainty it's like it's as if it's black or white right but mm-hmm. it's like is there is there a gray zone but does gray defines or not so so it's so it's really about so when when people see like uncertain it's like oh like despite is this for example like you have like two paths in life and it's like oh this mm-hmm. one is certain this one is uncertain yeah okay that's cool but like which one's gonna make me happy and which one is not gonna make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, if the uncertain path is the path that's going to make me happy, I, I I would take the uncertain path because the thing is that like, what's the worst? Like I usually, I usually try to think like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I go broke. I was, I was broke before. Like, <laughs> well, like, okay. I, okay. I, I go back to my parents place. Okay. But I spent a bunch of time there already. So, mm-hmm. so it's really like, understand. Oh, wait. It's on my phone, but um, yeah, it's really like when it comes about certainty and uncertainty, I usually try to see like what's the upside and what's the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, because for example, like a lot of people would be like, oh, like startup, like you know, like it's risky. Like, is it worth it? And I'm just like, hell yeah, it's worth it. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like what's the upside? Uh, there's a lot of upside. Unlimited, when it comes to right? Learning, money, connections um mm-hmm. everything you get to be proud of what you build and what's the what's the downside maybe i, I guess in your 20s in your 20s if you're in your 40s i, w- I would i would reconsider that advice um, <laughs> but I, I, even then it, it really depends what you i guess where your life is but but like mm-hmm. right now it's like but then but then it's uh but then right now it's like oh what do i what do i have to lose i mean mm-hmm. i can always go get a job mm-hmm. like so there's always so it's so there's, so you know, like there's, there's always something. Okay, let's say I go broke. I mean, right now I can, I can, I can crash in my friend's couch, or I can, uh, or, or so you know. So it's, so it's like, oh, like what is, what is uncertainty really? Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I would, I would say, I would say, for me, something that I would consider uncertain is if, let's say, the risk of failure is really high. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a bad position in my life, and there's no upside. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anyone choose that? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I would say that's what I would consider as, ins- as, and I would label as uncertain. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise I don't think that anything in, 
life is very uncertain. I think it's just perspective and framing. Mm, um, right. Yeah. You've hit the chord there, I think. I haven't yeah. had that perspective on uncertainty. You know, I just think of it as how much can I predict and plan out and how much will go to plan. But I don't really think about like, sometimes I think people might be using the word uncertainty to mask something that they're afraid to do. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And and I would say that like, and just to come back with your, with your, um, it's funny, we never had these type of talks, so, but we should have yeah. more that, that more often. Like, yeah, you we're talk always about, goofing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you talk, for example, about like, you know, prediction. Um, I don't really believe in predicting the future. Um, mm -hmm. The way I actually look at it is I think about it in, um, in futures with an S. Futures. Um, futures. Um, and, and I think about it about like, okay, so like, what's the best case scenario? What's the okay case scenario? And what's the, the scenario where it flops, right? Hmm. So what's the, the worst case scenario? And then I would try to think, okay, the best case scenario, if that happens, you know, it's lit. If, if uh, <laughs> lit. it's lit, you know, it's lit. I, I get everything Sheesh. I want. Sheesh. But then, yeah. But then if, if everything goes okay, you know, um, would I be happy? Of course, I'll be super happy. And then if everything goes south, would I still be happy with everything going south? And mm -hmm. do I have a way to plan for things going south? Right. And then if the answer is, I don't, I, I, I don't mind if things go south. It's like, okay, that opportunity is probably worth taking. Um, mm -hmm. If the answer is, I would be, I would hate if things go south, but I have a plan if things mm -hmm. go south. It might be worth, it might be worth considering, but then if let's say you're like, oh, I wouldn't, like, I would be super terrified. I would be super unhappy if things go south and I don't have a plan to, and I don't have a plan for it. And I don't feel full conviction about the whole opportunity. I think that's when mm -hmm. you should, you should, um, I guess you could label it as uncertain. Um, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, like that, it's also risk and reward, but yeah, I see, I yeah. see things in like scenarios and, and different futures. Interesting. I actually really appreciate this more kind of logical and I think more rational approach to thinking about the potential future because I'm personally someone I'm very like feelings driven sometimes. And sometimes I yeah. let my feelings get the best of me. And <laughs> Lately, I've been very intentional with trying to use more rational and logical approaches to overcome some of my anxiety about the future and stuff like that. So this kind of thinking really helps. And something that I personally like to do to kind of ease my anxiety when I feel stuff is uncertain, similar to what you said, I like to make a list of advantages versus disadvantages and also plot like a decision tree it sounds so nerdy but i plot a tree and think oh like if this happens and then what and then what and then i just like draw a map and then at the end i can see like kind of like every possible outcome depending on what i do and then like you said things are not gonna be as bad as it might appear in your head when you first start off but then you really plot out and you're like you know worst case scenario like you said like Maybe you go broke and you go live with your parents again for a couple months. Yeah. But yeah, something I like to say is like, I'd rather regret something that I, how's, what does that saying go? I would rather regret something that I did than something that I didn't do. 
So it's like I would always rather do something and then regret it versus like never try and never know what would have happened if I tried something, right? Like just like startups, yeah. if you try something and then it fails, so what? At least you gave it a shot. Right. Exactly. And there's also this concept of experimentation. So it's like, okay, so let's say doing going through that path is is very, very risky um, for you and your current situation. Um, And that's an advice that I would give to the 40 year old self, but the 40 year old person listening to the podcast. But try to experiment, try to find a way to experiment and like prototype um, Mm -hmm. that opportunity and see how it goes. Um, Mm -hmm. because sometimes, you know, like, yeah, like there's people that are going to be like, yo, Mackenzie, like you're kind of privileged, you know, you, you, you got, you got parents to, to fall back on if everything fails, if everything fails for me, I'm, I'm on the street. Um, that's just, I I don't know. I I have friends like that, that if they cannot, they cannot take these type of, uh, things, they cannot do these type of, that things that I would, that they would define as risk. I would just define them as, as, you know, um, but yeah, like something that they can do is just prototype it. It's like prototype your opportunities and then see how that goes. And then if you prototype it and then you get some traction with it, I think that it's worth, you know, pursuing. Mm-hmm. It is a process of like trial and error sometimes. And yeah. I think we're we're pretty lucky to be in a point in life where we do get the chance to do that because obviously there are people who don't get these privileges. So it's yeah. like super aware that I'm not taking anything for granted at the same time. You know, the fact that we have kind of money to play around with not that much but like i mean i personally don't have that much it's just my own hard hard hard-earned money right money to like take risk with but at least i have a home and like a bed to go back to and my parents cook my food and you know stuff like that so yeah it's like a roof over your head (laughs) exactly some people don't don't got a roof so it's like i think it's also like thinking about I mean, you as a listener, I don't know what state you're in in your life, but if you're in a place where you do have some leeway to maybe take some risk and experiment, I mean, I guess my challenge is why not do it, right? Compared to someone who doesn't even have the freedom to think about that. That's some good stuff. I mean, but how did it feel to decide not to go back to Google? <laughs> I don't know. For To be honest, I don't, I don't see it as... Uh, like, I know that for me, I, I learned better in... Uh, unstructured environment where everything is not giving to me. Cause look, Google's great. Like they give you free food. You get like, <laughs> you know, like you get these like Googly friends and like you, you know, like, it, it, like you get like mm-hmm. all of these perks and like, and it, it, it's amazing. Like if, if anyone has a chance to work there, I would, I would, own, I would uh, highly recommend it. At, even if it's for a short amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is that like, it also comes to back to, um, the way you learn and how you want to progress in your career. There's like so many people from like Google that like you know work there, get comfortable, and yeah, and and mm-hmm. yeah, and then and never leave, right. or or then they lose purpose, or right. you know, because they're they're people. Um, mm-hmm. so so I would say that for me, like I learned better in an unstructured environment where nothing is given to me. Mm-hmm. Um. I strive better in an environment where I don't have mentorship. Hmm, um, yeah, because a lot of the time I feel like mentorship and management is prescriptive, mm-hmm. but I like to do things and then get feedback, you know, like right. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I like to. So, and the thing and with no, for example, like I get to design something 
ship it, see how people react with it. At Google,、right. you wouldn't be able to do that. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do that to push something to production like that. No, they、yeah. they wouldn't let you.、Um, and 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 it also takes like longer to like you know ship things. It's more. It's it's also very rewarding when you do. Um, but when you need to wait like eight months, a year <laughs> to ship your first product, when at a startup you would have done that the first week,、mm. um, it's it's a it's a different feeling.、Um, but I would say also <clears throat> the thing too、um, at Google that I'd say the only the only negative、um, is that Google is great, but the only negative I would say is that when it comes to like promotion structure. Um, mm-hmm. Google it takes so long to get promoted. For like at a for example, like let's say you were to work at Shopify or Shopify or like I don't know,、uh, not just Shopify but like other companies.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's like let's say in two years you can like if you work insanely hard and generate results,、yeah. like in two years you can make it to like a senior role, right? Yeah, yeah, you can、course. get promoted. At Google, that's impossible. <laughs> it would it would t- it would take four years. It would take you two x the time. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. But the thing is that if you get promoted at Google and you go elsewhere, you you'll get upranked because of course because other companies knows. But the thing is that、um, because of that,、um, what I realized was that like a new grad role at a company like Google doesn't prep you well. To go senior at that same company. What do you mean by that? Because the thing is that the people are so good <laughs> that let's say you let's say you start as a junior designer at Google, right?、Mm-hmm. Because the people above you are so good, it's very hard to get the opportunities and get the skills needed to go to the next level. Unless you really like, unless you're really willing, unless you work insanely hard, unless you, you know,、um, mm-hmm. it's actually better to go there, go go to Google, just so that you know people know you and like you get the the Google、mm-hmm. stamp.、Um, mm-hmm. Then you leave, go do your own things, and then you go back、mm-hmm. because you actually get up the rank faster. <laughs> That's very interesting stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like snakes and ladders. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing at Facebook.、Yeah. The same thing at、mm. like at, at these big tech. It's actually better if you go there. Yeah, you know, like make your name and like do your things and then leave,、mm-hmm. and then go back. Right. That makes a lot of sense. You you probably get upranked. You probably get like higher salary. You can negotiate it more. Like, yeah. Interesting. Good to know. I didn't I didn't know、yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, so, I'm working so, in tech, so that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's so that's so that's another thing too. But yeah, no, like yeah.、Um, Google is a great place to work.、Um, I prefer to learn in an entrepreneurial environment.、Mm-hmm. Eventually, you know, like I, depending on how my career is doing, I wouldn't mind at some point going back.、Mm. Um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, I think it's.、Um, Really good to have that self awareness of like what type of environment you thrive a lot in, because、yeah. you know I was when I was doing job search I was like holy crap dude I mean I was applying for your startup but I was also applying for big tech companies so yeah, I had、course. no idea like what I really wanted and I could see benefits and cons in each one but I was in a position where I was like you know <laughs> I don't know what to do so let fate decide this for me kind of thing 
and it's scary you know it's scary job search so if you're listening and you're going through this process like it's okay to do a little bit of experimentation like sometimes you don't know what you like or don't like until you try it out but at the same time it's helpful to talk to people and listen from people who've done it like Mackenzie and hear some perspectives on you know what it's like and what's good what's not good and reflect on what you what you want like some people want financial stability and just like a comfortable job where they can have work-life balance and that's very respectable some people would prefer to have more uncertainty but feel a lot more fulfilled even though they're working a lot more and that's respectable so there's no right or wrong answer i would say yeah it comes back to the life that you choose for yourself like if you let's say like you you know like you're in your 20s and like you want to get married and like you want to save for a Mm -hmm. home and like you know you want to you want to live that life i mean working at google it's it's actually great like you know like you're you're gonna go there like you know like i guess your parents and your family and i guess your girlfriend's families are gonna be happy (laughs) Um, <laughs> bragging rights like, too right <laughs> you know like you're you're you're, you're not a waste man it's like you you're just you're gonna <laughs> oh, God. like yeah like you know you're just gonna you know like people are gonna be happy and like totally and and, and, and that's great but then if i don't know you, you you like to be scrappy and like you you don't have anything that really depends on you and right and you know you you want to live the like a wild life um, <laughs> like <Mackenzie. laughs> and like you want to, I don't know, like travel and do a whole, I mean, you can still travel, but yeah. like you want to do like, you know, like a whole other things. Like I, mm-hmm. I think that the startup life is probably mm-hmm. the, the way to go, but that's, or I guess the early startup, early stage startup life is the, mm-hmm. is, is the place to consider. Yeah, honestly, there's like so many considerations and it's all about like, what do you want to prioritize? Family, friends, stability, fulfillment, making money, so many different options. And yeah, you know, it's all up to you. But it was really cool to hear your perspective, Mackenzie. But before we end the conversation, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anything anything to share? Um... Yeah. Anything left unsaid? I think think everything was said. I would say, huh? Yeah, just just have just have conviction. Be curious. Um, I would say let your curiosity drives, like let let just your curiosity drives you, um, mm-hmm. and have conviction. Um, trust your trust your instinct. But that's these are really like cheesy advice, right? But <laughs> yeah, but I think but it's I like think cheesy, like, but it's like hard to practice. Yeah, it's hard to practice. And like, I would say that like, make decisions based on the information that you have today, um, rather than thinking about like, oh, like, you know, instead of like, you know, like having like the fear of missing out and like being like mm. super emotional and making decisions where it's like, oh my God, like I could work for this company. And like, they might, you mm-hmm. know, like they might go public and like, and, like this other <laughs> company is great. Like, you know, it's-, it's FOMO. Oh, it's, it's it's Google, you know, so like, so like, I, I'm scared. And it's like, and it's like, you know, like make the best decision with the information that you have today. And when making that decision, understand, acknowledge that you might be missing out regardless of what you pick and don't totally. pick. So do what, what you think is best for you. Oh, and I would say the other advice is, um, and it applies mainly for like tech people, engineers, mm-hmm. designers, who who are going to be making the six figures 
um, right after, like at 23 or 22, right after graduating. My mm -hmm. advice to, to these folks, because I have a lot of them in my life, <laughs> is um, pick the opportunity that's the best for you. And like, it always come down to the life that you choose. Mm. Um, and you need to be very, very aware of that. Um, right. because, because I'll like, I'll give you an example. Like if there's jobs that are going to pay you like 140, 160, mm. one above 30. And, and a lot of the time, like these people get confused because they're like, oh, I'm going to take the highest, but I like the right. one that pays me the lowest, but, but then it's also like, but it's, it's also, but then like, um, I would say that like when these opportunity comes, it's all like make decisions based on what you're trying to learn. Mm. and like just set yourself a cap of like, if I get, let's say X amount of money, I don't care how high they go. That's right. the, that's the floor. And then, and then from there, um, it's like, okay, where am I going to learn and where mm. am I the most likely to grow? Um, and, and, and yeah. And, and I think that like a lot of the time people forget that when they're getting emotionally blinded by by right. these numbers by money and by money um and uh, and because at the end of the day like it, it's just numbers like and like i know like for example like if you um if let's say like you you know like you you've never seen these numbers before they might they mm. might seem uh huge impressive impressive and huge but when you you actually get exposed to a lot of money it just becomes numbers um right it's it's literally just it's just numbers that grow um mm. or decrease <laughs> but, <laughs> but 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 yeah like I, I personally for me like i would say that i don't make decisions based on money otherwise i probably wouldn't be doing startup <laughs> but but um but i would say that like yeah like when an opportunity comes to you um and that's for everyone just like assess the opportunity Mm -hmm. um, based on what you're trying to learn and what you're trying to do in like, you know, like what's the next step? It's like, okay, right. I'm going to get this job or, okay, I'm going to start this company or, okay, I'm going to do, I don't stay home mom. Okay, cool. Um, mm -hmm. but it's like, but it's like, okay, like you're, you're going to do that, but what's the, what's the purpose and what's the goal? And mm -hmm with the outcome that comes with, are you going to be happy? Um, mm -hmm. And I think I think that's the thing that, that matters. Or are you going to do grad school, for example? Mm -hmm. um, but I think that what matters is that you're, you're, you're happy and you know why you're making these decisions. That is yeah. much needed to, to be heard by a lot of people, I think, who are in our yeah. 20s, because obviously salary is a big deciding factor for that, but you can't forget yeah. all the other factors, even though they're not as measurable sometimes, and yeah. other people can't see that on your LinkedIn or your resume or whatnot, but it's at the end of the day, like you said, it's it's about how you feel. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, because yeah, the lowest paying job might actually be the one that Gets pays the highest dividend. In the future. Um, in the mm -hmm. future. Exactly. So, so, yeah. Long-term thinking too. Yeah. Be a long-term thinker. Be a long-term thinker. Be intentional. Yeah. Yes, sir. Growth mindset. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Mackenzie. That was like really jam-packed with a lot of like tough love advice. I think a lot of people need to hear in their 20s. So super yeah. like really appreciate it so much. If anybody wants to like reach out to you and check out some of your your work or like say hi, where do you, where can they find you? <laughs> uh 
they can I mean, they can like add me on LinkedIn and then say that like they listen to the podcast and they would like to connect. <laughs> they could also like just like follow me on Instagram. <laughs> it's like YTM7. So. I like Mackenzie's pictures. I took a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Meg. <laughs> yeah, like I would. Yeah, like I would say, just like follow me on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm planning on going to Vancouver in in December. So hey, so, oh, so, I'll, so I'll be there. Um, we have an international yeah. listener base so who knows someone might be listening and they're like in your city right now <laughs> yeah if you're in seattle just hit me up yeah so, yeah and i'll be in <laughs> i'll be in texas like next <laughs> week and so if you're in texas next week and, Damn. Yeah. You oh actually that? i don't know texas i don't know listeners? when this thing's gonna when, when this thing's gonna come out next so. week mac next week <laughs> oh next week okay but i'll be in in seattle until until end of november so if everyone's there hit me okay up. there we go <laughs> cool cool <laughs> did you want to plug your design school as well <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah um and i was just like a side project that i worked on but i worked on uh like it's pretty much a udemy before free design courses mm. it's called design alpha the the url is joindesignalpha.com um if you're trying to learn design and you don't want to you know pay like udemy or like you want to do that all like all for free um yeah. go check it out you you log in and then you literally just get bombarded with design resources <laughs> it's pretty much what i hate it's pretty much what i wish i had when i started designing good stuff Thank you so much, Mac. That's all for today. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye. What's up, guys? It's me here again. And I just wanted to say goodbye for the end of this season. And I'll be completely honest, guys. I may or may not take a longer break before season five, just because there's a lot of stuff going on in my life right now. Not bad stuff, just very busy. And I don't know when I'm going to have capacity to fully commit to another season, but I guarantee that is coming. My prediction is latest January 2020, but earliest maybe november i don't know we'll see but yeah thank you guys so much for listening to season four and i hope you guys enjoyed that conversation i'll just give a mini life update before i sign off for a period of time first of all damn guys life is hitting me like a freaking train it's just going so fast and there's so much going on and i'm like working a lot but balance is key like i talk about balance and routine and all this intentionality and all this stuff in a lot of my episodes so i am super aware don't worry i'm getting my eight hours of sleep at night but i'm also reshuffling a lot of priorities to just focus on the biggest things that are moving the needle forward which is why i've been busy and unfortunately this has even caused me to push my podcast back a little bit so apologies again for the inconsistency but besides that stuff here's some exciting things so first of all y'all i ordered the new iphone 13 pro like i'm treating myself i'm so excited for it to arrive second of all yo i got my bike stolen like last month and i was super choked about it but i went to victoria this past weekend and i got my new bike so i didn't get my old one back but my friend vittorio who is basically my bike guru friend and we always bike together and he's awesome helped me find this really great bike and i fell in love with it and i went to victoria on sunday spent a day in victoria got this bike and i'm so happy with it it's like sitting next to me as i speak right now so i'm back on biking adventures but funny story i was there with my mom and dad and we missed 
ferry back home because we didn't book and we forgot to realize the fact that the ferries are really full on Sunday nights because everyone's coming back to Vancouver for the weekend. So we actually had to stay overnight there. And I tried calling the hostels, the hotels, like anything nearby that had a spot for us to stay overnight, but no, there were no beds available. So what did we do? We ended up staying at freaking Tim Hortons. Yo, we spent a night at Tim Hortons. We were at one and then we drove 20 minutes back in the direction of the city and stayed at another one. This Tim Hortons that was open for 24-7. Got inside, got some steep steep tea, got some sandwiches and tried to stay awake. And it was so sad because my dad like fell asleep at a table and the worker came and was like, hey, no sleeping here. He's like, okay, okay, so we can sleep there. So we went back to our car, like me and my dad went back to the car and tried to fall asleep by like pushing the seats back. And I actually kind of got a nap in, but my dad was just like so cold, like his legs were freezing. And every few minutes I could hear him sighing. Like he was just like, yeah, you know, that classic sigh. And it was so funny because I was like trying to sleep and he was like sighing like yeah and it got to a point where I got kind of hysterical it's probably a combination of the cold the fact that we're stuck in Victoria and me and my dad had work tomorrow and just the whole situation of being sleep deprived and all that so we're in the car and then at some point we're like you know what it's too cold here so we go back to Tim Hortons and um so we go back to Tim Hortons and I actually set off the car alarm like two times because I went back to the car to get some stuff and both times I set off the alarm so it was like blaring and a like freaking blaring in the middle of the parking lot at night and i swear the tim horns people whoever was nearby all hated us thankfully it was like a quieter area but it was just so crazy and we i didn't sleep the rest of the night honestly i didn't sleep i don't remember how we got through it but at like 4 30 a.m we got breakfast and then we drove back to the ferry and luckily got on the 7 a.m ferry and went back to vancouver and i had to take my work call on the ferry ride back And it was kind of funny because I was using my dad's data. And so the internet service was not good because I think my dad's on like Freedom Mobile. No tea, no shade. Sorry, Freedom. It's just not that good of a service. So I was taking the call meeting through that. And I didn't realize that it was so laggy that what I was saying was actually 30 seconds delayed for them receiving it. So obviously, like when everyone got on the call, everyone's like, oh, hello, like blah, blah, blah. Now, out of nowhere, my manager is like, oh, hi, Meg. And I'm like, I'm like surprised because why is she calling me out specifically? And I was like, oh, hello. And then they don't react, right? And then in the 30 seconds later, they give this like blank stare, like in the middle of them talking and suddenly they just pause and they just smile. And that's when it hit me. I was like, bro, my, like, my, my freaking messages, I mean, my voice is coming in like 30 seconds after I actually say it. That's so embarrassing. Like literally imagine in the middle of a meeting, like they're just having a lively discussion about something out of nowhere, Meg's bubble lights up. And it's like, hello, like what, what is that? <laughs> like, what is that? So I realized this and I sent a chat to apologize and it was all good. Like later I figured out how to like dial in so I wasn't leggy anymore and I got to speak during the meeting properly and it was all good guys. It was all good. And I came back and um, I went through a whole work day on Monday and fell asleep at 4.30 p.m. Nap till like 7.30, had the like, no, till 6.30, had like the fattest nap of my life and now I'm fully alive, fully awake, fully good, new bike beside me. Life is good, y'all. Life's good. Okay, I didn't think I was going to tell that whole chaotic story, but it was so funny. So honestly, if if you guys listen to that, well, you're welcome. You just you just got like a bonus segment that I didn't even advertise. But yeah, um, that is my life right now. I am working. I am. Oh, 
fitness y'all 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 yo guys i got a personal trainer like i said in my last episode and we finished all five sessions so basically i am self-sufficient at the gym now and i'm so happy so honestly i was having coffee with my friend andrew the other night andrew nguyen he was on another recent episode of this podcast and we were talking about okay what are our top three priorities in life right now and i can honestly answer number one is career number two is my health and fitness so i am hitting the gym consistently now that i know what i'm doing and number three is balance so restoring this balance in my life of balancing every aspect that's important to me and a big part of that is restoring these good habits like journaling like consistent sleep schedule i don't know when that's gonna happen um journaling sleep eating well hydration and posture stretching just all these little micro habits that honestly make the biggest difference so guys that is my main focus right now and unfortunately as you can tell the podcast doesn't make the list right now and that is okay because our life happens in phases and right now i'm just so focused on these things and they take a lot of my time and energy and that is very okay and the podcast will come when those other things are secured so thank you so much for being here and listening appreciate you guys a billion a trillion please please feel free to reach out on instagram at i'm in my 20s to say hi give us a follow whatever and share this with your friends because guys i promise this isn't goodbye i am coming back the moment i secure the bag okay the moment i secure the bag i'm coming back y'all real homies know what i mean okay (laughs) okay Thanks, guys. (laughs) Till next time. Bye.